0: What's up, everybody? This is Pat Flynn. You're listening to the Yellowbird Connect podcast, episode 15. Today, we're lucky to have the wholesaling king of Jacksonville, Obi Dorsey. He's talking about getting started, finding your first deal, and growing. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what
1: I did we wanted to be able to offer of the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was
0: fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education.
1: Just one person or two people come up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on it was great. Then
0: it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellow Bird podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. What's up, everybody? This is Pat Flynn and Kyle Pasquitz here on the Yellowbird Connect podcast. And today we're really happy to have Obi Dorsey with us, uh, certainly a top wholesaler investor here in Jacksonville. Um, every single I know every single conference me and Kyle go to, we say we're in Jacksonville. People's- people ask us if they know Obi. Always. <laughs> Always. He's a personal friend of ours, and uh, we're happy to have you here, Obi.
2: All right, guys, thanks so much for having me. You guys are doing amazing stuff. I'm I'm honored and humbled to be a guest and um, excited to get to talk to you guys and um, learn some things, perhaps give some value and, and share. I mean-
0: this This is going to be a great episode because I know you have so much in your head that's valuable, not only to people just getting started, but people that are up to the point where they're doing a couple a month now and they want to scale up. So there's just so much, uh, but just to give people some context context, could you kind of say how you, or where you started, what you did to start and kind of just real quick where you're at now? I know you've been doing it four plus years at this point.
2: Yeah. So, um, actually this is the beginning of year six. Um, you know, I, um, come from, a like, a estimating construction, uh, project management sales background, uh, worked in that, uh, that space for about 15 years and, um, you know, kind of got to be, um, in my mid thirties and got to be, um, you know, kind of had run that career as far as I was going to go, uh, had hit some ceilings and, um, was just found myself working a lot of, uh, a lot of hours, but, uh, wasn't really moving the needle anymore. And, um, so I kind of took stock of what, um, I pivoted, you know, I took stock of what was, what I liked about my life and what I didn't like about my life and then kind of chose, made a conscious decision and chose to take my life in a a new and different direction. And as I kind of looked back on, on, um, my professional work history, you know, every time I had made a big chunk of money, it was in real estate and um so I, you know i i made the conscious decision that i wanted to reclaim my freedom and that uh i wanted to work for myself and 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 so i i went down this uh entrepreneurial path and chose real estate as the uh the vehicle to get me there and um you know i i wanted time freedom i wanted to be with my family and um you know i had uh i had a young daughter and another young daughter on the way and i uh, really wanted to be there for them and for my wife and and I wanted to provide a, a better standard of living and, and still retain, um, you know, my, my autonomy and, and, uh, my, my, my time freedom.
0: Was there, you kind of just walked into the, the very first question that I did want to ask you is when you were going through that and making that decision, I, I know because I made it too, that's not an easy decision to make, to leave the, the safe place that you knew and in, in the construction world. Was there a, Straw or moment that kind of broke the camel's back on that, or was it just a combination of you know believing in yourself and slowly making the decision, or was that something that happened, or a book you read, or something you heard that really clicked it for you?
2: Um, there's been a couple pivotal things in my life that 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 helped me make that shift, but really what it was was uh, you know, I, I had I was earning good money and I was in a a place uh, with a company that I was at that I was well respected and had a lot of responsibility, so it was fulfilling in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I was mad at myself because I had allowed myself to get comfortable and um, uh, complacent almost. Because it was, um, I just, I, I got trapped with just, you know, allowing comfort to dictate uh, where I allowed myself to stay. And so when I kind of took stock of that and realized, like, I'm, I'm really not steering my own ship, I'm really just kind of going along for the ride, it was a real wake-up call, going back a little ways. Um, when I started in that particular role with that particular company, I, I, I really wanted to do something on my own at that point, but I allowed myself to, you know, you believe the story that you tell yourself, Right. So I told myself, hey, I'm not ready. I don't have what I need to, uh, I don't have the wherewithal or the capital or the, uh, the tools at my disposal to go and do this on my own. So the stutter step or the halfway mark was to, to continue to work for somebody else and to um, uh, kind of like is a, a half measure essentially. And so when, you know, with a little bit of distance and a little bit of perspective, I was able to recognize like, man, I kind of took the easy way and not only did I take the easy way, I took the easy way, I told myself I was going to do it for five years, and it ended up being eight. So I left, th- you know, I, I, I went three years beyond kind of what I told myself I was going to uh, do. And um,
1: Four years back, that's 2012 to 2015. You screwed well, up. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> listen, you don't have to
2: tell me. Um, actually, so this is the beginning of year six, so it's five Five full years in the business, and you know we shared that the other day, right yeah. like um you know like the the perfect time to to have gone in and not not just gone in but gone all in would have been like ten yeah nine ten yeah nine 11. ten, blood on the streets, everybody's running for the hills. If I would have had any smidgen of common sense, I would have gone the other way and gone gone deep and you know i feel extremely fortunate to be as blessed as i am and and you know we could talk about a little bit more but we've we've built a small team around us we're we're doing doing very very well you know extremely blessed with that being said hindsight being 2020 and uh you know there's a lot left a lot of opportunity on the table just from um you know not really having your bearings and not really having a plan and uh you know i think we all do it but uh, you I sh- can't
0: really have a, I mean, when you you jumped into it the way you did, I mean, you just have to start acting, right? You can't really, I, I know at, at least me jumping in, I didn't have a plan because I didn't even know what a plan looked like. Uh, but do you mean like jumping in sooner? You should have jumped in sooner or you should have had a better plan when you started? I,
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing that I'm just conscious of now is, is just not allowing yourself to get complacent, not get comfortable, have a... Uh, have a plan and revisit that plan on a continual basis. I mean it frankly it happened to me about 3 or 4 months back, you know, like last year we had a phenomenal year, um best year ever and um checked a lot of big things uh kind of off the to-do list and um like some some pretty, you know, some pretty cool stuff we we did last year and then uh at the beginning of this year um I didn't have that I didn't have that next level identified, uh, soon enough. And I've, I found myself just being, um, I don't know how to describe it aside from, um, like I didn't retrench and have that new goal identified soon enough. So there was about three months where I was kind of just in this little no man's land where I had checked off some really big things, but hadn't set that next big goal. And so again, there's a little bit of slippage, you know, lost, lost probably three months of Something that could have been some really productive uh time. And um
1: well, and you feel that three months later. You don't yeah. So so it's just like, you know, you you last year you went out you were in Europe for a month, weren't oh, you?
2: You did Europe for a, a for month. For a month,
1: you renovated a new house. Bought, you know, so all a, those distractions and you don't think it during the time you're still catching up on all the deals that you did prior to that. So you're in good health, you're in yes. good shape, you've got money coming in, and then you go through those motions, then you look back and three months later you're like man, I'm having a horrible month. And it's well, I just was in Europe for a month. Yes. You know, or I was just renovating my personal house. Where was my mind? It was, yeah. it was somewhere else.
2: It catches up to you.
1: And yeah, we've, we've, we've been through the same, yeah. same thing over and over again. Yep. And you're hundred percent right. If you're not, you know, if you're not growing your business, you're sort of dying, mm-hmm. you know? So even when you hit a pinnacle and you hit where you want to be, you, if you get stagnant, you just get destroyed, yeah. you know? So you've got to continually to
2: push. Yeah. Push and have that, you know you know, that three year, that one year, that six month, that three month and kind of work backwards from there. And, and it's going to change and, and your, you know, things are going to come up that are going to definitely shift it. But if you don't have that vision, at least somewhat identified out there and have it be aggressive, have it be, in, have it be something that scares you and, uh, and, and be a, a real reach goal, then I, I, I mean, I think you're do. I, I do myself a disservice when I don't have that in place and, and not only just have it, but like revisit it, mm-hmm. right? So I think, I think I'm pretty good about having the goals identified at the beginning of the year and then we just get into the mix and next thing you know, like you're three quarters of the year done okay. and, and you've lost track of it. And, oh, yeah, that was a great idea when I had it nine months ago. There's,
0: so. there's one more thing I want to touch on before we get into like what you're doing with freedom REI and how you guys are doing and growing and everything is something you mentioned about your job. And cause I feel like a lot of people that listen to this are like me and that I listened to a lot of these when I was battling with that mm-hmm. decision. You mentioned that at your job, you're making good money. Everything was good and you were happy, but you felt like you were taking the easy way mm-hmm. out, which would seem counterintuitive, right? Because I came from, I feel the same exact way, but my background was, Offshore drilling and merchant marine is certainly not an easy life, physically or on your family. But mentally, it is the easy way out yeah. because people are telling you what to do. Here's your plane ticket. Here's your schedule. Here's how much money you're going to make. Very low risk. Yeah. Um. So it is the easy way out. Um. Doing sticking to that path and uh, which is fine if if that's for you, but that is most certainly the easy way is sticking to that path. This route that you took is much more mentally stressful, mm-hmm. I'm sure, yeah. than, uh, than where you were before in the construction yeah.
2: job. So I've got a big poster in my office that says, uh, easy decisions, hard life, hard decisions, easy life. And, um, you know, that's, I think that's kind of true, right? Like, like when there's all these trade-offs. Um, I mean, there's a lot more responsibility, but it, it'll, it affords me a, a, a level of freedom that I couldn't have any other way. So, um, uh, I mean, I think, I think entrepreneurs are modern, modern day superheroes. Like it's the only vehicle that'll, that that i have found that allows you to have an impact on as many people's lives as you can and be able to self fund it. So, um, I don't know. It's been really rewarding.
0: It's cool. Can, can you tell us a little bit about Freedom REI? What you, What your m- model is? what you kind of look right like now as far as acquisitions and what your role is and what you guys are doing and focused on.
1: Also one more thing. What's your first deal?
2: Uh, my before first. We, so
1: before we jump into what you're doing, what was your first. My
2: first. should have
0: that written here too, to ask.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first deal. Well, so I've done real estate for 20 years, but only been intentional about it um, as like a full-time occupation for the last, like I said about well, going on year six at this point. And it was actually I think What was the first one after it from, was March from
1: construction to that?
2: Yeah. So March of 14, I guess. 13 or 14. Um it was just a little wholesale deal. Um I I've been I've been am I'm I'm a big advocate of mentors and uh, partnerships, strategic partnerships. And, um, it's given me a a leg up on, on everything I've ever done and, um, you know, leverage, right? So you're leveraging somebody else's money, time, energy, uh, or knowledge. And that's what I tripped into it. Not, not maybe intentionally, but, um, uh, somebody, uh, that had uh, some background in real estate, uh, wanted boots on the ground, um, and wanted somewhere in the South, uh, Southeast. And that's where we're at, obviously in Jacksonville. And I put my hand up and said, Hey, I can help. And, um, so I was conscious of wholesaling, but, uh, you know, from a concept standpoint, but not from a nuts and bolts, uh, like how to actually do it. And, um, so we basically, uh, dated JV, uh, he submitted the offer, got the offer accepted. It was on a HUD deal. And, um, I was the boots on the ground. I put eyes on it, um, secured the property, marketed it and, uh, found a buyer and we paired it up and sold it. Uh, I think it was like start to finish maybe three weeks. And, um, uh, I think we made 20, I'm sorry, uh, $4,700. It was like 2,300 a piece, 2,350 a piece. This while you're still working? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did, I did, uh, I did, I think I did maybe 12, 10, 12 deals while I was still employed. So this was, this wasn't a big deal at all. I mean, um, $2,350 $2,350 I think was the, the first, uh, the first wholesale check. Uh, but the really cool thing about it was like my total time invested was about eight hours, maybe 10 hours. Uh, so it was, you know, $230 an hour. And, uh, man, I was ecstatic. Oh yeah. Um, cause it was essentially just printing money out of thin air. Like it was, uh, I mean, it's just a spark. Well, it got you started. Uh, I mean, it, it's all
1: that. It, it takes that spark That man, the I spark. Can, and, and the confidence that I can actually do this. Exactly. So I can actually go out there, find it, sell it, make a spread in between, and, and there's actually something here. And then you do it over and over again. Yes. And by your 12th one, you're saying, yeah. what, what am I doing here at work? That's, Where's my mind? Where's my mind at?
2: That is exactly it. And, and what I found was, so that was March, and then I left in July. So it's four m- or oh, three months later, right? So... Um, once I got that spark, I had that momentum paired a couple more up. And then, um, the birth of my youngest daughter, um, I was like, I'm stealing from my family, not being with my family. My mind's not, I'm not able to, to give my full attention to my job. I'm not able to give my full attention to, to my business. Um, like that's that you asked, what was the, uh, kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just that realization, you know, like, I'm not doing right by anybody nor by myself kind of in this middle ground. Like I need to go all in and, um, you know, uh, um, for sure.
1: And you're, yeah, I mean, you're bootlegging your other employer. So you're working part-time over there. You're not doing them right. You're not doing your right. You're not doing your family right. Yeah. And the right decision is, you know, be all in on which, whatever you pick. Exactly. So pick something and make sure that's, yep. and hopefully it's something you like. And at yep. that point you probably start to like it.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think I was, I was respectful in that, like I wasn't uh, stealing time from my employer. But I'm kind of one of those guys where even if I'm not at work, I'm thinking about sure. work. And and I w- when I had something that was my own, I wasn't thinking about work on my time at all. I, you know, so I wasn't I wasn't able to give a hundred and ten percent anymore. And I just I that's not the way m- my mind works or I function. So you know, it, it just wasn't a good feeling after a little bit. So, uh, felt a lot better just to, just to commit, go all in and get after it. Cool. So,
0: so freedom, freedom REI now. Yeah. What's, uh, where are you guys at right now? What's the main focus and where are you pushing for 2019 as far as, I don't know, deal flow goals, just what you, what you got in front of everybody.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I think we kind of hit on it a minute ago, but uh last year we we did a lot of cool stuff in the business and in, in our personal life, uh we traveled for a month. We um actually traveled for more than a month, but traveled in Italy for for almost a month and then uh our personal house um a larger renovation and and got that uh got that solidified and and all that. But um, you know, the byproduct of that was while we had a really successful year, um, you know, the uh, the wheels on the bus kind of fell off in some respects. So um, we ended up having a, uh, uh, having a lot of a turnover and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that we had kind of uh, band-aided together that were working, you know, just time and circumstances were such that, that it, 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 uh, you know, we had to retool <laughs> and um, make some adjustments. And so, um, we've done that and we're, we've got our momentum back and, um, we're trying to, uh, you know, be, be more structured, be more process oriented and, and kind of have some things, uh, better solidified, um, going into 2019. And so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, our goals for the year are, um, you know, we've, we've got some revenue goals that we're, we're trying to hit and, um, you know, I'm not so concerned about, uh, deal- volume uh in numbers of deals but more just uh revenue volume that we're we're trying to target um and then we're just trying to to grow smart uh, from a uh from a, an asset that we're retaining you know standpoint the rentals that we're trying to accumulate that's what i was going to
0: ask is it mostly focused on i mean is your head right now on wholesaling or is it on acquiring rentals and doing some flips here and there What's the main focus, would you say
2: so it's it's kind of all three yeah and, and I know I know that's a um, it's it's hard to be good at multiple dis- multiple uh, different disciplines, but at the same time, um, I think that's kind of a, a necessary component to have a um, uh, an exit strategy multiple different exit strategies. Um,
1: you really limit yourself in this business if you're not yeah you know if you only wholesaler, you only retailer, you exactly. only own rentals you know, you're, you're missing the opportunity on a lot of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. So, and that's something that you'll, you know, you'll have to get past that stage of the right amount of rentals where, it, yes. where, it, where it falls into a system and the right construction, you got to get in the stage where you have the construction teams right. that you're confident so you can kind of scale and continue to grow, but you got to get the mindset where that's right. Yep. We're having all three of those strategies is right.
2: Yep. Yeah. So, um, that's really it. Cool.
0: So, one thing you just said, Kyle, too, is that's you do have to get. I mean, you have to be having the multiple exit strategy thing. Some of the best, we wholesale a little bit, but some of our best ones were unwholesalable houses, which sure. which you can even if you're just getting started and you don't have any money, you can still partner with somebody or get done with hard money. So you really have to be looking at them all. Well, if you want to make it a ways. business,
1: if you want to make it a business that's going to be around for longevity. You know, the wholesale, the flip, the rental, that, that game's cyclical. It's changing. When's the right time to do each strategy? It's cyclical, but the actual business will still be here. So, you know, 10 years from now, people are going to be wholesaling real estate, no doubt in my mind. People will be retailing houses, people will be buying rentals, all that stuff's going to stay the same. The cycle in which you do it's going to change probably a couple times at least in the next 10 years. If you're one minded, focused, then you're purely, I'm a pure wholesaler. In this market, you can do really well, right. but with shifts and stuff like that, you're gonna see, oh crap, what happens now? Yep. 2010, if you were purely you know, wholesaling, like, there was a lot of inventory. There wasn't that many investor buyers. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you were really tied in with some really good investor buyers, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of things. So you had to have that arsenal of, man, 2012, we were, we were holding a lot of rental properties. I couldn't have got rid of all those properties. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to keep them because we, we, were, we, were, we were selling a lot too, but we had to keep some stuff. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the market just changes. Yeah. and having that whole arsenal and having the team and all that stuff i mean it's it's crucial
2: yeah so we find ourselves doing a little bit more like um like deal engineering you know just you know we're getting a little bit more creative on stuff uh inventory's you know it's harder and harder to get so we find ourselves um you know doing more um we're doing some lease option stuff we're doing I saw some it. I Yeah, we, we've seen stuff. it I know I've been seeing it. <laughs> we're doing some seller financing stuff which is kind of cool, exciting. How about
1: the deal? You said you did a deal recently on that.
2: Yeah, um That
1: was pretty cool and I wish. I mean, these are these are the ones that I would pass up on and then Obi does and I'm like, "Damn it." Yes, <laughs> like I would have passed up on this deal <laughs> and it was, you know.
2: Yeah, we did a deal in January. Oh, it started in January. It was a uh, um we bought it like 2 days, 3 days before the uh the tax deed sale, and um, uh, I think we contracted. It's a three bedroom, two bath house, uh, maybe I think about twelve hundred square feet on a third of an acre, and um, just you know acted on it very fast when we got the phone call, uh, set the appointment, and um, went out. And uh, it's just a, a really nasty house, um, and two days away from tax deed sale, we we bought it for. I think $10,000, but uh, it's maybe eleven with closing costs and so forth, so an absolute steal of a deal. Uh, but there was some risk in that the, um, the sellers had bought it uh, basically on a quick claim deed, and it was a little unsure if they actually owned it. So we ended up doing a note. Um, we lent them money and paid the taxes for them to forestall the sale. And then about 30 days later after they after we could actually get clear title to the property, uh, we bought it from them for, for again, that 10 or 11,000 bucks. Spent another $10,000, uh, put a new rip on the house and did some, some minor interior stuff to clean it up. So we're all into it for about, I guess about 21, 22,000 bucks at that point. And then we're doing another transaction where we uh, bought a lady's property um, and we ended up wholesaling that property and made about, uh, about $30,000 on that particular deal, on that wholesale deal. And then that seller ended up buying the property that, that, that I bought from Tax Deed Sale or right before Tax Deed Sale. And uh, we ended up holding a note for that, um, for our end buyer for uh, $80,000 at uh, 10% interest. It's beautiful. Um, So it's beautiful, uh, you know, it's it is
1: that easy and it's not, but it is it's about taking action, right? Yeah, it is. If you didn't go out there and
0: get it and try to be creative and do it, that opportunity wouldn't have presented itself to you. So, well, and
1: have the resources to figure out. I mean, a lot of people would look at that title issue and and they would be deer in a headlight, right? They would have said, Oh, this isn't, I can't buy this, and they wouldn't risk the ten thousand dollars. And you said, You know what, the upside worth 80 is sure. risk the downside of you know i might have just given this lady ten thousand right.
2: dollars <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then yeah, the creativity
1: to realize it's probably not worth 80 on the open market but as a subject to deal to the right person it's worth 80 you know
2: i actually think it is worth i think the lady, Well, it probably well, was right yeah. and i, I want to stress that like i actually think that that like everybody did really really good on that deal. for sure like my initial seller was thrilled because they put money in their pocket they were going to lose a house in two days yeah. mm-hmm. so and they had an unsellable house like it was in with those circumstances not going to go anywhere any right. anyway, way mm-hmm. no how so they were happy they got something when they were yeah yeah they were giving up the ghost um my second wholesale seller <laughs> it's very similar same thing like left the closing table ecstatic that she got exactly what she wanted and, um, and answered her next, you know, um, solved her next problem was like, okay, where am I going to go? And what am I going to live? Right. So put her in a nice clean, you know, we've refurbished a house that she's very happy with and then, you know, a, a afforded her a way to, to do that deal.
1: For sure. So, no, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a, uh, I mean that's exactly, especially today. You've got to be creative to structure deals because mm-hmm. there's not enough out there where you can just like gunsling and they're they're sitting everywhere and you can just find them all day long. So there's, you know, you're going to get your couple of easy ones a month, but you're going to get those deals where you really need to make sure you get creative to capitalize on. And that's a yep.
0: that's a beautiful example of executing. Yeah. So in Jacksonville, uh, Obi, I would argue that no no one has quite as good of a wholesale team built up as you have as far as systems, people in the right positions where what, you know, acquisition people, uh, disposition people, just you have, I know this is just my perspective from the outside, but you have a team and systems in place to where you've created almost a wholesaling machine better than anyone that I know of in Jacksonville that has. Can you speak to... Uh, the first couple people you hired to build that team, and kind of who you have now, and what the challenging positions to hire for are, if you're trying to build a wholesaling team rather than just you doing everything yourself.
2: Sure. Um, I mean, I think I think as somebody's getting going and, and scaling up, the the first uh, hire is an assistant, right? Just a personal assistant. It can be either, you know, a virtual assistant or 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 somebody, you know, local. Uh, you know, that either works remotely or, or works side by side with you. But, you know, anyth- anytime I'm talking with somebody, I'm, I'm just encouraging them to write down all the all the things that they are doing that are $50 an hour and less type items. Um, and, you know, if you write that, write down the things that you're doing for a week or two weeks uh, that are that kind of low, vo- low yield, low... Um, just low level stuff, if you'll write that down, that's essentially a written job description for that assistant. And that's the first hire that I made. And um, you know, I was able to to work with that for a year, about a year and a half. And um it's great to have that resource to to kinda uh, you know, to have that help, right? Um and then from there, um, you know, I think a, a disposition um agent is you know, the next key employee that, that I would, I would look to get, um, the money's made when you're buying. And I don't think you can turn that over to somebody else until you really understand it, or at least can offer, you've been through enough transactions that you can really kind of have a gut level sense on what's right and what's wrong and what the, what the right call is. So I think there's, you can't shortchange that learning process and, and you can't manage until you can do it. And, um, so I think, I think the disposition agent or the disposition process. Uh, somebody responsible for that would be the second position that I would hire, and then, um, and then at some point, uh, somebody to f- uh, to handle your incoming calls, um, so that it can kind of be a screen or a, at least uh, some sort of qualification process um, to take some of that burden from um, from you, and then. Um, so as, as I've, my business has kind of matured, um, we've, we've got the transaction, uh, advertising, uh, disposition, uh, actually two disposition uh, kind of roles in place, and inside sales and outside sales, and now we're looking for some additional support um, for our acquisition team. So, because what we're finding uh, is, and, and you guys can you know, correct me or... or agree or disagree but what i found at this point is like we get a lot of the initial calls but we get a, the majority of our deals from our follow-up and so we need some additional bandwidth on that follow-up component because we're good at getting the initial call and and getting that that low level uh, low hanging fruit but the the deals that we we really stay engaged in um, this week we signed up a deal that we had been working for a year and a half
1: It's crazy. It happens. I mean, follow through is it's crazy when you sit down and you look through your CRM and you start looking at all your old leads and you said, I need to call this person back because I mean, last year your, your offer might've been 50 and today you just sold one for 85, Yeah, you know? And it's like, well, it's a much fairer price now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That. And then while it's encouraging, it's also like eye-opening because, uh, the more that we've kind of dug into that, it's like sold. Sold, yeah. sold, yep. sold. Like they Pat bought right. it. Pat they... bought it and then sold it twenty thousand dollars higher. Exactly. And we had it, and we had it for that price. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We and, see it all the time. Yep. So, um, you know, and we're you know, there's a lot of advertising dollars. So, for sure. Plus, okay. the
0: longer you've been around, the bigger your list of follow up gets. Sure. Right? Continues to get bigger and bigger. Yep. That becomes a job you have to mm. handle when you got ten thousand people in the system, and exactly. you got. 200 follow-up calls to make a week that needs to be addressed exactly i'm sure you've been around five years now so that's a huge yeah huge list you got there
2: yeah
1: good and bad the beautiful the beautiful thing though is you can step this business is you can step away from it and you only miss that week or month of deals yes you know so you miss that section but there's always that next day like there's always that next deal there's so many houses there's so many opportunities so when you're gone or you're off your game or whatever like it's not hard to step back in Mm-hmm. Um, and when you step back in, you immediately typically see it. Like it doesn't take that long. Once you yep. figure out, you said, like you said, you got to figure out the acquisition. You got to figure out how to actually work the business. But when you, once you get your mind in the right place, you become pretty effective. Yeah. You know, pretty quickly. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to make sure your mind's always in the right place. Your team's minds are always in the right place. People are motivated correctly. You know, make sure they're following, you know, following the procedures of, you know, follow up and, and working the leads through and, and looking for a uh, place to grab deals when, you know. When other people aren't.
2: Yep.
0: I know Obi, you're a part of uh, a couple on me- one or a couple of mastermind groups, and I'm sure you always are reaching for mentors. And st- mm-hmm. what what effect has uh, even paid mastermind groups, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what effect has that had on your business? And I know I know you think it's worth it, but if you could just verbalize how worth it something like that is um, these these group these mastermind groups. And always reaching for a mentor that's doing more than you are.
2: I think it's massive. Um, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are doing amazing stuff not only uh, inspires you and encourages you, but uh, you know, kind of lets you know what that next level look looks like. Important. And um, not only the the technical like tools or tricks or tips or whatnot, but the mindset. And um, you know, I said it earlier. I think. Uh, entrepreneurs are the the modern day superheroes but uh with that you know like you have to do something to recharge your batteries um because it you know it's it's a um i think you got to do that to just get re-energized and and um you know iron sharpens iron but it it just gives you an opportunity to rub elbows with people that are doing doing cool stuff and and get your uh keep your mind right
0: so that's something you'd highly recommend to anyone just starting, or or and experienced I, people. I would,
2: or? I would, yeah. I think, I think, I think, no matter what level you're at, you can you can learn. Um, I would just, I'd also say though, I'd caution a little bit, and just simply say that you know, uh, comparison's a thief of all joy, and uh, if you're not real careful, like we fall in that comparison trap, right? So whether it be social media, whether it be a mastermind, or whether it be just a circle of friends that you're around. Um, you know, there's, you've got to be, I personally, I've become more conscious of it just like, just because he's, just because he did a good deal or just because he's got a, you know, from the outside, what looks like an amazing business. Yeah. That's not necessarily always the the case. Certainly not. And, uh, you know, you can, you can really do yourself and your mental health a disservice by, um, you know just comparing yourself to somebody else because you, you never really know. So you're only, I mean, you're, not, guess what flying I'm saying, around, you're not flying around in private jets. I don't, yet. I
1: don't have my G. You don't have a private jet. No. You don't have, geez,
2: I'm, I'm working on it. Grinding. Geez.
1: That's what I, we, I joke <laughs> about that. I see the guru with the, with the private jet stuff. And I'm like, man, I am waiting. I was for, like, I pissed. I picked the wrong business. Cause this isn't, you don't make enough money in this business to, to get the g6 Uh, you just
2: don't do it i'm waiting for pat to get the the yellow bird lambo you would think so you would think so and he could go out there and probably get a loan to get
1: one (laughs) and he could probably go finance one i tell him don't buy it cash because we need to uh, use that money to buy houses but
2: so an interesting aside one of my original mentors i was talking with him the other day and um we do some uh a little bit of ira lending back and forth and um he said, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting uh, I'm getting such and such money back from a loan I just did. I, I'm I lent a guy uh, money to buy a, to buy a Lamborghini, and I was charging him 18 percent on the Lambo." Sure, he, he was a guru. <laughs> Dude it is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: needed some Insta content.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, that's cool. all it is. I mean, what's the content cost? Yeah, a Lamborghini. Sure. If, so, yeah. maybe it might have been.
2: a sp- Smart play. Who knows? You never know. You never know. That's
1: what you know. We we talk about all the time. I mean, is that the the right thing? It's not the. Should we get Pat with video on on a G six? You know, we could probably rent it on the runway. We couldn't take off, right? But we could get we could get pictures in front of one. You know, we can afford that part. But not moving it from Craig to
0: you know Cecil. No way. Oh. I want to, I guess we'll close it up here. I really want to thank you, Obi, for coming today. I think that was really good. Um, And I thank you again for uh, whenever I was first getting started um, two and a half years ago or so, you gave me a lot of kind words and a lot of guidance um, that really helped me through a tougher time of new daughter leaving the oil field. So, you know... I'll never forget that. And I do really appreciate it. But do you have any parting words for someone that, um, might be listening, that's teetering on that edge that really wants to do this, um, and they just can't pull the trigger on it or don't quite have the courage to do it or just looking for a little guidance?
2: Oh man, I, for that person that's thinking about doing it, that hasn't quite got up the courage, I would say, um, you know, really take stock of where you're at and where you want to go. And uh, ask yourself a real hard question if if you're not stealing from from yourself and your family from the true potential that you have. So um, and then to what you said, I mean, those, thanks for the kind words. But uh, I mean, what you're expressing is just we all need that little bit of uh, encouragement, a little bit of confidence boost, and that little that little nudge. And uh, I was happy I was able to give it to you. And uh, you know, with the great work you guys are doing here, you're giving it to many more people. And um, I think that's I think that's phenomenal, and uh, it's much needed in this space. So you guys are real, real people doing real deals, and um, you know you're doing it with uh, uh, with good intentions. And and uh, in this space, that's that's really needed. So I think you guys are on the right track, and I'm excited to see you guys grow and do all this cool stuff. So thanks for having me on as a guest, and uh, much continued success to both of you guys.
1: Awesome, thanks, Obi. You rock. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate it. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm
2: going to do that.